Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast, a podcast that looks at the world of hockey from not just the UK but across the globe. Uh, with me tonight I have John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. One of these days we will have a full roster um, on the podcast but unfortunately we don't have Dave tonight. Uh, he's on the injury list tonight, uh, he's not feeling too great, hopefully nothing too serious there but uh, we wish him all speedy recovery from whatever it is he's He's feeling today, so uh, unfortunately he's not with us. I was the one that let us down last time. I can't remember what was wrong with me. Um, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what was going on for you. Was it work or something? Maybe last time? I don't. I don't know. You weren't. You were. You were. Work, yeah. You're missing action. Eye surgery. What? One of one of one of the many things. You have had a lot. You have had a lot. Of, I suppose that. Let's go to you first, then, Aaron. How are you doing? <laughs> we haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, as you say, you've been through a you've been through a, a list of uh of things that you've had that you deal with over the last few weeks and and months. I guess there. But uh, how you how you doing? How you healing? How you repairing? I'm good. I'm good. Got the old COVID a while back. That was that was fun and interesting. Um, got through that. That was good. And then a couple of weeks back, decided that I wanted to see the world in full 4K resolution. Um, so went for the old eye surgery. And how's that going for you? And I can see it's probably at 720 right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's it's so much better. Um, I've talked to a few people about it, and everyone's always quite. Uh, hesitant about going for it but so far i am absolutely uh, in awe with the with it and would completely recommend it to anyone there you go we're, we're not we're, obviously uh, a number of different options are open to everyone so you know um but at least we have one <laughs> you're selling it <laughs> is right don't, don't be taking it from me you Mar- Mar- marty's the professional person here that knows about eyes um i just use them to see <laughs> uh john how are you doing yeah, good. Can't complain. Um, work's busy enough. Um, just getting ready for next week, heading away to Scotland for six days of walking the West Highland Way. And then two weeks later, I'm going to be running a marathon. And then two weeks after that, I'm going to be part of a team running for a full 24 hours. So yeah, just doing normal everyday things. Great. Um, yeah, you've been, you've been. Yeah, everyday things. That's that's the type of thing I do every day. <laughs> you've been working your butt off there and um, doing a lot of um doing a lot of like i suppose uh, interesting activities in terms of like uh i've seen you were out there doing the wild swimming as well this week and um oh, so, yeah, yeah absolutely i mean what was what was yesterday the the 8th of september and what else would you do except for go for a swim at uh, crawford's burn beach exactly rather you than me but uh why we where we're on the talk of all of your upcoming um activities your your walk your marathon running and your 24-hour running um do you want to plug um a bit as well about what you're doing it for and and your your just given page oh if you don't mind um so yeah anyone who knows me uh and even if you don't um i'll tell you now uh last year sadly lost my father to cancer um so i've decided to take on um these three challenges uh walking 100 miles up the west highland way uh then two weeks later running belfast marathon and then a couple of weeks later doing a a 24-hour relay with a few uh members of my local running club um and 
I'm doing it all to raise some much needed funds for Cancer Research UK. Um, having gone through a very short illness with my dad, um, it's not something that anyone should have to go through. So yeah, I'm trying to raise a few pounds for that. If uh, if anyone wants to um, have a look at the Just Given page, if you have a look at my Twitter page uh, at 4087, um, then you can get the link there, and I'm sure we'll we'll throw it up on the door 14. Uh, links as well uh if you are all in agreement i was just about to say that we'll throw it up we'll throw it up on our on our socials as well so um if you're following us on any of the social networks um you'll get the link there too we'll throw it up as well over the next few days i have to say it's it's only been up for a couple of days and i'm already past the 400 pound mark so i've got to say a massive thank you to everyone who's already donated that's um i mean if i'd gotten out of it with 50 quid or something i would have been quite happy but uh yeah, I'm actually going to have to do all these things now, which is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just you for the walk. It's very impressive what you're doing, It is. Though. It definitely very is. impressive. I should say that while whilst I'm doing the running kind of myself, I, I do have to say that the 100-mile walk, my wife is doing that as well. Catherine's going to be coming with me. Um, so she, she, gets some of the, she gets some of the credit too. <laughs> um, I was about to say you don't want to forget her because I'm sure if she's listening to this, she'll be like, here, what about me? um but yeah so um good luck to catherine as well on that journey for that that uh grueling walk shall we say up through those hills because sure well i'm sure i'll be able to throw some updates on uh as we we go through each of the challenges well we are here on the podcast um to talk about our usual and our love of hockey and um, we are oh, hold, hold on marty hold Sorry. on yeah how are you um, How are you, Marty? Yeah, me. I'm. 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 I'm good. Sorry. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm fine. Um. Just the usual. You know, working away. Um. A lot of stuff on the pipeline coming up, and um, I'm waiting to hear a few things. Don't want to talk about it too much, but there's a couple of big things hopefully changing, and hopefully things coming up for me that um. Hopefully by the next time I talk in the podcast, you know, I can I can enlighten people on that. But yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff coming exciting up. Times. Yeah, exciting times. Um, and it's it's quite um. Yeah, quite interesting. So we'll see what happens. I haven't quite got to the where I need to be to like tell everyone yet, but um, fingers crossed that'll come soon. But it's been busy, very, very busy, just trying to deal with all that. And I'm just back from um, a small break as well, so I needed a bit of a, as like everybody else, is a bit of a, a change from the the day to day. So we had a bit, we had a bit of a break. Me and my wife went off for um, a short short break and had a great time. And now we're back to porridge, as they say, and back to work this week. But it's, it's I'm good, all good. Good, awesome. Didn't want you feeling left out. No, no worries, Dave. No worries. Oh, I was about to say, call you Dave. Uh, no worries, Aaron. Um, ah. Thank you for thinking about me there. <laughs> um, as usual, <laughs> uh, we get together um, on this podcast. Uh, well, we had been doing it every well month or so, maybe slightly less because of COVID, but now we're going to try and get back into our regular scheduled programming. So every two weeks, we'll get together and talk about the world of hockey, um, starting with our local coverage in period one of hockey, which is our roundup of hockey from around the UK. So without further waiting we should get stuck into this week's podcast okay period one is our roundup of all things elite ice hockey league and other uk hockey um leagues uh, unfortunately actually i think this in this one i think we really are focusing mostly on the elite league rather than anywhere else to be fair um as we have, do have a lot of stories uh, but before we get into that let's just have a quick chat you know um john uh, Aaron, we have we are now sitting on the 9th of September as of this weekend. Uh, so the first scheduled uh, pre-season games are due to start in two days time. Saturday the 11th of September, we'll see the first 
uh, preseason game in the form of Cardiff Devils taking on the Nottingham Panthers. Um, and then following up on that, the next day will be a, it's double header. The following day will be Nottingham taking on the Cardiff Devils, um, vice versa in Nottingham and in Cardiff. Um, following that, we have coming up in the next week or so, we have Dundee taking on Fife. We have Cardiff taking on Manchester. Uh, we have Nottingham taking on Sheffield. Um, it's they're, they're all coming thick and fast for the preseasons. Obviously, uh, there's a couple of teams there that are missing and aren't being seen. We obviously know the clan have made a decision to postpone their games for fur- until further notice at home because of issues obviously with their ice and obviously the changes over with the ownership and stuff uh, but notably as well our own Belfast Giants we don't have anything on the cards as a pre-season um, the players are coming in thick and fast into Belfast we, we've been seeing some posts coming in from the social media channels uh, in Belfast um, players arriving and taking the ice for a bit of warm-ups uh, official camp I think starting next week uh, what's your thoughts I mean we always talk about this every season pre-season always it's a good way especially for a lot of these players who maybe have been off the ice because of COVID, so maybe a bit of rink rust and everything else with preseason gets them a bit of slight competitive, we'll say competitive in inverted commas, but competitive games get a bit of, you know, get the legs warmed up to the kind of that competitive speed. Um, do you feel that the Giants are going to miss a beat and not having an opportunity? John, what do you think? I don't know. Um, there's no getting around the fact that um, we're going to talk about them during period one. Cardiff Devils are obviously going to be the team that will hit the ground running faster, you would expect. They've already got some competitive games under their belts with the CHL. Um, preseason does give that opportunity for what is always a fairly new roster of players for teams in the Elite League to get together, potentially have one or two maybe easy wins to get under their belt, uh, unless you're maybe the likes of Belfast, Cardiff, Nottingham, Sheffield, who maybe bring in some top talent European teams to go up against and really test themselves before the the squad has had that chance to gel, kind of see what where you are before you hit those competitive games. I think we're going to miss out on that. But to be honest, with the way that all that the other preseason games around the league are, it's everyone playing everyone else within our own league. I don't know what you get from that other than the fact that they are in inverted commas friendlies, even though there's no such thing in hockey. There's no such thing as a friendly game, but it's just more of the same. Uh, And I don't know how you sell that to fans other than the fact of here's some slightly earlier elite league slash not elite league games before the actual elite league games start, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nope. Um, I I don't think there's going to be any major issue selling them because people are just dying to get into the oh they are yeah they're they're desperate to get in and and don't get me wrong it looks like i think sheffield have already been putting out that they're potentially uh close to six thousand selling out yeah well six thousand fans like that's that can't be far off a sellout uh they've already they put something stupid out about they've got enough orange fabric for six thousand rally towels like putting out rally towels, the first preseason game of the, the year. Calm yourselves down, lads. <laughs> well, you know what is exciting? I mean, it's the first game back in the, on, in, on, on the ice and in the rink. Yeah. From... If, they, if they think their fans on the first preseason game of the year are needing towels to sort of clean themselves up, I think they're overestimating how much fans <laughs> have missed hockey. <laughs> John, don't lie. If, if the Giants were to put them on that, you know you'd need it to clean up. 
Let's be honest. Oh, don't get me wrong. If it's part of maybe it's part of the enhanced cleaning procedure. Maybe they're all just going to be doused in antiviral, antibacterial wipes. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. They're yeah. just going to ask everyone to wipe down their seat on the way out. It's not about being a rally towel. It's about enhanced cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it, indeed. Um, just because I suppose you've you've brought up the 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 whole issue around uh, the cleaning thing and obviously about you know maybe what what we're going to be looking at in terms of what a what a visit to a rink is going to look like in the in the new in this year you know in terms of this season um i mean there's been there's been a bit of a let's do a bit of a roundup in terms of some of the what we do know and what we don't know yet um obviously we know that in england um changes have come in place where vaccinations and stuff you need vaccination passports i think scotland has followed suit with this this week as well with vaccination passports too um in terms of getting in and out of arenas there's been different discussions around who need what you need and what you don't need and what you need to show and what you don't need to show and is there going to be pcr tests need to be taken and everything else um aaron i suppose and i'm going to come to you first that's okay i mean in terms of you know this this confusion i suppose around um different arenas having different um guidance i suppose do you think that's gonna have an impact or do you think it should be it should have been a one size fits all for the whole elite league do you think it should be that kind of idea i don't think it could be really one size fits all for the the elite league because we are all under different governments and all that kind of stuff um i guess because it's it's coming under government regulations that it's need passports and stuff like that or is it, it, is it just a different region? It, it is and it isn't. So it, it depends which nation you're talking about. So Marty is 100% right. England, um, I think from the start of this month for sort of large scale indoor events required the use of the NHS app for the COVID uh, vaccine passports. Correct, yep. Mm. Um, Scotland just, it, it was in the pipeline and I think that today they just agreed that they're going to bring that into Scotland. But yep. that was really highly expected. Wales, I think, is slightly different. I don't think they're requiring the COVID vaccine uh, passport or proof of vaccination or anything, but they're still exercising masks indoors and it's still a legal requirement, the same as it is in Scotland and the same as it is here. England is the the massive difference. Like, having been over in England a few weeks ago, it's actually really weird being um, somewhere where masks are not the norm or not the mm. expectation anymore. Um, so the biggest thing that we're going to find and that I can see here in Northern Ireland is the vaccine passport issue is a real, real problem for us because we don't have the mechanism to get a vaccine passport in quite the same way. So with Scotland and England now requiring proof via the, the NHS app, or the, either the NHS Scotland app or the NHS England app, the app here for Northern Ireland is designed just for applying for the vaccine passport for international travel not for these large-scale events because it's not but that, but that, that's easily changed that's in the that well easily it is, it but, easily the, in an update. It is but the the executive haven't announced what the rules and regs are going to be for indoor sport and hence we're now in the position that every other team in the league are selling their tickets for their games the Giants still aren't, and we're only, what, a few weeks away from the first games? First game of the season, um, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. admittedly, we've got an extra few, we've got an extra couple of weeks because I think we're playing quite a lot away to start with. Um, so we have a little bit of leeway with that. Well, no, but you're saying, like you're saying no that, but our first here. our first home game is the is the 1st of October. Um, so it's three weeks away, roughly, just just over three weeks away. So. Oh, there you go. And 
we we still don't know how entry is going to work. No, and I think the Giants have said so, the Giants have said themselves. You know, they've come out this week and they've said themselves, "Look, we know people are wanting to buy tickets. We'll let you know. We'll be singing it from the rooftops as soon as we know anything." Um, and they literally wrote that. Um, and that I suppose that's what people are waiting on is to buy those tickets. Now, um, again, we don't know if that's going to be that. Well, they, are they going to have to make a decision at some point? Maybe where if we get later on, are they going to have to say, "Look, the first few games, unfortunately, are going to have to be season ticket holders only, rather than you know." just general release sales and but even, even whether that, or not they're allowed to even allow money, people in but that's the thing without something coming from the northern ireland executive they can't even say it's season ticket holders mm-hmm. only because yep. right now there is no there's no rules and regs around indoor sport with mass crowds like last night you had the biggest crowd at a football game for close to two years with sixteen thousand at windsor park but still, we have nothing about how we get people back into the SSE. No, and that's that's uh, that is the major issue, I suppose. In terms of what you're saying there, John, about it really comes back to Marty's question: is like, how, how are you going to do a blanket approach for the entire league? You can't. Because... No, they can't. It, it's got to be because of the you've got a four nation thing. And here, and let's be perfectly honest, COVID has been handled entirely different in almost all four nations. Um, so. Everything from travel to entry uh, requirements of how you get in and all that is it's going to be fluid. There's no getting away from it that things will change throughout the season. But even to get started, we are the standalone team at the minute in, in Belfast. We don't really know where we stand yet about getting in. But once once the guidelines do come out and it's going to be uh, a unique approach for each nation, how much of an issue do you see it, see it being? You know, so once once our government gets their gets their act together and, and releases something, and we either have passports or we have to have passports and masks and all that kind of stuff, that's all good for our local team and our local fans and all that kind of stuff. It's just that when we've got visitors, they just have to be informed. Like there has to be some sort of process in place that they are emailed the the requirements i suppose to, to well to gonna, yeah and they're gonna have to be able to fulfill that and that's my biggest thing is for us in particular for us going to scotland say for example we from northern ireland traveling over there the travel is not the big deal we can get over there no problem but showing the proof of vaccination to get entry into the arena right now we can't meet that no we can't well you say that but like as i say i was in i was over in england last week um and I know you were saying there, John, about the, the, the COVID cert for Northern Ireland and whatever. I was able to access Mang and get Mang. Um, so I had I have the my certificates on the COVID NI app and I was able to show those okay uh, everywhere I went when I went over in England. And they, were, they took it, no problem. They looked at them, they, it has all the information on it right, you need. Okay. has the certification details information. But you're right, the only thing is, like rightly or wrongly, I don't know if I should have been getting the certif- certification because as you say, John, when you go on to apply for that certification, it does say international travel only. But my thing was, I was being asked for it whenever I was going traveling over to England. It said, like, and all the stuff that I was saying, everything I was going over for, it clearly stated that I need to show. So I thought, well, I'm going to apply for it anyway because if I need it going somewhere, then I can justify why I applied for it. So that would yeah. be the only thing I would say. And and when you download that, you have, I think once you download your certificate, you can have it and use it for up to, I think, three months. So mine's is active. I think until... it's three months is valid for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've got mine up until So, November. I mean, that's, that's going to be, that's, 
that's going to be the biggest thing is they're they're going to have to formalize this in a way and i know that there's political disagreement here in northern ireland about the use of vaccine passports and that's why it hasn't rolled out here as a scheme in a wider sense rather than just for international travel but like you say Murray, we're only three weeks away we need them to get their act together yeah and we and people i know like it's a lot of people are being stirred by it at the moment in terms of seeing different things happening and you know you can you can see different fans from different teams and and even from our own fan base you know you can see people who maybe are have been hesitant about covid vaccines and everything else and and um you know i'm not going to say covid deniers but you know you've got people there within our own fan base and fan base across the uk who for whatever reasons have decided against it and they're up in arms Look, but the I, fact they're not I don't mind but again I don't mind, I don't mind being personally unpopular with this if you can get a vaccine get a vaccine indeed wind your neck up. agreed yep i agree 100 percent, wholeheartedly agree with that if it's not for you if it's not for you do it for other people and do it for us to be able to try and put this behind us it's about time that we tried to put it behind us and the only way to plus, do that plus it was a great it was a great way to get into the odyssey for a bit <laughs> Hundred percent. It's the closest I've been. It's the closest I've been to my season ticket seat in like eighteen months. Was to go in there and get jabbed twice. So hundred percent. And actually, do you know what? That's a really good point. Hands down, fantastic job by the SSE staff and the NHS staff who manned that max vaccination centre. So stick taps all around. I think from us for the way that that was run. That was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'll say we'll be seeing them. I'm sure we'll be seeing that them that staff. That whole team of, of staff that were in there, I'm sure they'll be um, welcomed onto the ice at some point or they'll be at, attending at one of the games probably on the Giants' um, dime, I'm, I'm going to guess, at some point um, through the season. 100%. So I'm sure that will happen. I don't see this com- I don't see this COVID conversation going away anytime soon. No, Even you're if right, it's, Aaron. If it's not about tickets, it's going to be about halfway through the season. And, you know, we've got five players, six players that can't play because they're isolating, you know, there's going to be a lot going on i think so it's almost like well interestingly we'll be we'll be talking about something very similar to that for period two do you know what i was just about to say well actually what i was just about to say is actually it ties in actually quite well um it was like you don't give us a little segue there a bit iron but actually john i'm I'm going to come to you um because there's a story also here within the elite league of something that, that came out this week Yes, it was about suspensions and about um, roster regulations. So it was about roster transfer suspensions and rules for the new season. Do you want to take us through that? Because I have a theory. I have a theory that part of the reasons why maybe part of this was changed and why they've brought in some of this is because to, I, I suppose, if they have someone who goes down with COVID or they have to restrict the numbers of people in, they haven't said it, but I have a feeling maybe something to do with maybe you know if they're, if they're going to have to reduce numbers of players because of COVID then they can fall upon this to make sure that they still have enough players to play. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to guess it's maybe part of it. But uh, do you want to take us through? Yeah, so uh, was it early this week or late last week? I don't know. The days are all bleeding together at this point. But uh, the Elite League um, put out their roster regulations for the 2021-22 season. Um, now, this included things like the classification of uh, a GB player or what they're now calling a homegrown player. Um it included uh, overall roster numbers. Um, so in a single season by one team, including two-way players for this season, is 28 players. Total number of non-homegrown players, so in other words, imports, is uh, set at 20 for this season. Uh, game day regulations. A game day roster must comprise of a minimum of 12 skaters and two netminders and a maximum of 17 skaters and two netminders. 
Uh, and all game day rosters, there must be a maximum of 14 imports uh, and there is no limit on the number of homegrown players. Um, however, what they did did go on sort of later on uh, and announce was about suspensions and very very strangely um, the suspension regulations um, for this season are quite interesting in that uh, for example if a, a non-homegrown player is issued by the Department of Player Safety with a ban for say four games that player will see out the the ban of four games, but the team will not be penalised with a reduction in its non-homegrown or import players. They will still be able to ice the maximum number of import players. Now, obviously, straight away, a lot of people online catch are caught on to this and we're asking the questions, well, how is that fair when you've got big buck teams, which we can't deny at this point with the grant from uh, the sporting body here in Northern Ireland that's been given to the Belfast Giants, which is a not insubstantial amount of money, we do have a fair pot of money to bring in players this year, which could include cover for imports or illnesses. Marty, I know that you've got a theory, but it doesn't really seem all that fair that a ban cannot have an impact on the, the, the talent roster size, the import size, let's call it, of a team on a particular night and guys I don't know what you th- feel about it like I'll, Aaron I'll ask you first because I know that Marty has his little theory or maybe uh, Marty let's go to you first because you've got a theory on it I think well my theory is th- I mean within the regulations the regulations clearly have two separate um, parts for, for that so you have what you're talking about in terms of the suspensions and um, issues of suspensions in terms of that way but you then also have within the regulations around injury reserve lists and injury layers and how they've changed it this year in terms of injury players but I'm going to say that injured players in inverted commas maybe will also fall into category of players who are deemed as um, you know COVID positive players maybe will fall into this this area of injury reserve or injury cover um, because the reason why I'm thinking that is maybe because they make they make uh, documentation about you know medical reports and documentation um, that highlight why they would be put on an injury reserve so my guess is that the idea will be that if and it's because they have now said that um, the injured player is automatically unavailable for 21 days regardless of what the injury is they're going to be out for 21 days my guess is the reason why they've set 21 days is so that they can say right well we were notified on you know day one that uh joe blogs had is positive is tested positive for covid um then they'll obviously say like you know we have to have you know isolation periods of this we have to make sure he gets over this we have to give him time to-. so i'm thinking that's maybe the reasons why they've they've maybe stipulated that and why they've said that you can still use you know you can bring a player in for those 21 days and use them as an injury reserve cover um and then they can decide after 21 days that obviously if the player is needed like the, the, the player they've brought in um to replace Joe Blogs or whatever, that they can either keep him, and if they decide to keep him, it's an official change, one of their official changes. If not, then obviously they say goodbye to the person who's come in to cover. So again, injury reserve, slightly different from what you're talking about in terms of suspensions, in terms of, of that sort of thing. I think what you're talking about in terms of suspensions, it's it's very, I don't think that's very fair in terms of what you're talking about in terms of, I don't think it should be that, you know, if you have a player that goes out because of um, behaviour for the reasons of whatever it is they've done, it should be the team shouldn't be able to ice another international player you know another player um whereas clearly what they're saying here is that they can actually bring in another uh, um player to replace and it's just like well why it's not that was there any context around it like i i and i get i completely get where you're going marty and what you're saying makes sense especially for the injury reserve like that you know it's so that if if someone does get 
hit down with COVID, you know, the, the team isn't penalised. But that's that's sickness and injury. That's not suspension. Yeah. You know, yeah. As you're saying, that, if someone is suspended, that's, specific, that's a different story. <laughs> that's the specific problem, is that they are not making a difference between the injured reserve list, which then exactly. that has implications with the um, the transfer regulations that they've put in this year about um, how many uh, roster changes a team can go through through the year, depending on how many imports they initially sign. Um, but we're left with this bitter taste in the mouth that these teams can then use those uh, change regulations those roster change regulations to bring in essentially what is uh, an injury cover import who can then stay for the rest of the season, but it doesn't have an impact on their game day roster, which they can still set a maximum of 14 players, 14 imports. It just, it stinks. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is at a time when, this is at a time when the elite league has been put really under the microscope with the way in which it's treating GB players um, you've got a GB system which is probably at the top of its game for the last 15 years where we've got real chance of Olympic qualification potentially. Uh, we've been punching well above our weight when it comes to the World Championships for the last couple of seasons uh, or well beyond that with a year off essentially because of COVID. Um, but now, the and I admit the or I accept the argument that the Elite League is not a development league that that's 100%. I think if you if you haven't already, the A View from the Bridge special that talked about this in particular, the GB uh, and roster sizes issue is well worth uh, an hour of your time to listen to. Um, they make some great arguments. And I do, I agree with the idea that the Elite League is not a developmental league. Um, but this again just seems like another sly kick in the backside for those GB players to say that, an import can get suspended, but another one can come into cover. You don't get the opportunity to show what you've got uh, to cover for that uh, potential shortfall in the import uh, list for the team for the next few games. So, so what's the what's what's the flip side here? Like, we've all got a very similar view on this, but is there another view? Like, what what is the other side saying? What what's the reason for this? Am I am I missing something? <laughs> I don't know, and whatever they're saying, they're wrong. <laughs> Fine. No, I, I'm just interested to be honest with you. If anyone, if anyone else has an argument, an argument for it, please reach out and let us know. Um, I, yeah, I, I, don't I would actually it. be interested myself. Um, let's say the the little bit of sort of reading around it that I did once the announcement was made um, online, it was very much in the incredulous what is going on here what is even the point of like potentially suspending an import yeah um i feel like but, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like the general um the general consensus whenever we whenever i was watching or reading the um after they announced it after the league put it up i think the general gist whenever i was reading around and seeing what other fans were saying on social media and stuff i think a lot of people are of the same kind of opinion as us. There was kind of like a scratching head type moment in terms of what? Why? What? This makes no sense. Um, and again, I don't know if it's one of those ones where the elite league kind of when they're putting it, we're writing it together. Like, oh, this is okay. This is what it's supposed to mean. And actually, what what they wrote down is actually not what actually what they had in their heads. It's so probably in their heads they had. Oh, well, this means we can cover this person if they go off on you know. And actually, it's probably not what they had in their heads, and they probably haven't wrote down right correctly or whatever. But it's it's just it doesn't make sense and. I suppose, yeah, it does. It it just seems really unfair 
um, if you will, um, because I think it makes it, it gives the big teams with bigger money, with bigger budgets, and you know, I'll and you know, you know, John did say it, and I'm not gonna say it, I'm not gonna go against it. You know, John said it like even the Giants this year, you know, have a good budget in terms of you know obviously the funding that come in, but you know, you've still got teams there who will use the money they've got coming in and the money they have the best they can, and you know, if you've got big, the big teams being able to spend more money, you know. And just drop the hat in terms of that, and 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 for whatever reason, you know, for for reasons when they shouldn't be, you know, and maybe in the past they weren't able to do that, it just puts them more at a disadvantage. So it puts you know the smaller teams with maybe less money at a bigger disadvantage again. So it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me why they've decided to go down this route. To be honest. Well, as I said, reach out if if anyone has any views on it that are counter or for it, let us know. I like to hear Definitely. that. From things that don't make sense within the Elite League um, to things that maybe do make a bit more sense in the Elite League. Um, we have two more changes this season um, that uh, were basically announced this week. Um, the first of those being the changes to the face-off procedures for the 2021-2022 season. Um, so in accordance with the International Ice Hockey Federation, the IIHF, um, rulebook. Uh, what they've decided to do is um, the Elite League have taken on the unified rulebook from the IIHF um, and so that now there is four situations in which attacking is allowed to choose which side of face-off takes place in the end zone. So um, so it kind of to go within within the same uh, regulations after any icing call, um, after goalpost displacement or accidentally by a defending team or a pocket shot into the end zone by attacking team from the behind the centre red line um, and the team starting a power play. Um, all these rules now have come in place, which means that the cha- they can choose basically where they want to take and what side they want to face off to take f- take place, which isn't something we've been doing. Um, obviously, this is something that they're starting to bring in. Um, Mike Hicks, uh, head of hockey operations, has said that the purpose for the rule change is to give an advantage to the attacking team. Um, the, key, the game is about scoring goals, and therefore they want to see more attacking. So they want to see it. They want to try to incre- they're trying to increase the the scoring opportunities, try and make it more exciting i suppose um and we can see that's happened in the nhl as well you know they've done the same they've tried to increase the amounts of times increase the ways that um you know they can um get those goal numbers up you know because obviously that's what's going to draw in you know the excitement so again anything i suppose they're going to look at to try and make the game more exciting they're going to bring in um additionally then what they're going to do as well is they're going to um bring in this year for the first time now the nhl i, I didn't note this um in our group chat um or on our on our um, running order i had noted the fact that like so this year also as part of that same um adaptions of bringing in stuff um, from the unified rulebook of the IIHF this season the Elite League is also going to bring in the Trapezoid Zone um, which is going to be implemented for the very first time in the UK so the Champions Hockey League uses this um, but more more importantly the uh, NHL has been running this same this same trapezoid um zone from 2005 2006 season so you know we're, we're 16 years behind the nhl and bringing this in for anybody who doesn't really know the, all, the purpose really of the trapezoid is to create more scoring chances again similar to the last rule um and this is why maybe they've brought it in and all team 10 teams will be have will be ready to bring in this new marking in the um at the start of the preseason if you haven't seen it before so or how does it how does it how does it so basically the way it works it, the way it, so basically the way it works is it, it creates a trapezoid shape behind the um the goaltenders um posts the goaltenders nets and so the goaltender can only um can only basically interact with the puck uh, when it's behind the the goal line and, and the net manager is only allowed to play the puck in that zone so if it goes outside of that trapezoid zone the goaltender can't play the puck 
uh, previously, if it was anywhere within that red zone behind the goalpost, the, the goalie could go anywhere and like, you know, could go into the corner and shoot it up the ice or whatever it is. But the goalie is not allowed to touch it once it leaves that trapezoid zone. That's pretty much what it is. So it basically means that if a player, if players from the opposing team are in the zone just outside the trapezoid, it gives them more opportunities to kind of create plays in that area without the goalie interfering because the goalie can't actually interfere outside that space. So that's the idea of it. Um, and, and so people will see for some people it'll be maybe unusual if they're not don't follow the NHL or don't follow international hockey um, they'll find it maybe unusual that there's two new lines behind the goalposts but that's what it is it's a, it's the new trapezoid zone to kind of create this more speedy gameplay um, so that'll be an interesting one to do see know, what happens do you know where I do you know where I really want to see that more is games where there's quite a lot of teams this season including us who are going to have import goalies those import goalies are probably going to be pretty well used to this. Mm, yeah. But games where you potentially have our homegrown backups, this is going to be entirely new for them. They probably <laughs> won't trained with the trapezoid. Um, I, I, I'm just imagining like Deco being in his first competitive game with the trapezoid, and he's maybe just outside his trapezoid. Uh, an offensive player comes up. And he thinks he's going to get like a full force check or something. And I could just see Dicko lifting the elbow. Well, it's, 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 it's the other thing I was thinking was, um, as you, you kind of touched upon it really well there, John, in terms of, you know, you said it, um, you know, those international players who are used to this, you know, coming in and playing, um, you know, playing and will be used to the trapezoid zone probably from, especially from the States, um, and from North America anyway, um, but you know they already have they're already having to get some of those goaltenders are having to get used to well players should we say um international you know northern north american players are having to get used to different size ice pad already you know so we obviously have different size ice pads here in the uk too so obviously the trapezoid zone may be slightly larger shape or larger area than they're used to playing in because obviously it's slightly different but again these are little bits and pieces they'll obviously get used to but yeah you're you're right you're very much right um i was thinking that that obviously the those who are from a north american maybe background will maybe have a bit more of a um a leg up shall we say when it comes to playing this this type of play of of, of game in terms of the trapezoid zone what's the what's the outcome if the goalie does interact with the puck outside of the the trapezoid is it a penalty what i think it's a, i think it's a two minute I think it's a two-minute minor. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's a, a or is it is it just a whistle off? It's not whistle off, and it goes into the. Isn't actually? It's a good question. I don't know which one. Which I one they're dealing with? A, I think it's a two. I think it's a two-minute minor because yeah. it wouldn't be an advantage for a, an offensive zone face-off. That would just be the same as if the goalie froze the puck. So I think it's a two-minute minor. Yeah, I think. In, I think in the NHL, it's a, definitely in the NHL. I think it's a two-minute minor, as you say. But I don't know if they're. <laughs> No in the elite league. Yeah, no in the elite league or WIHF. We don't know if they've brought that in because Mike no, Hicks. Mike no Hicks, in the elite league. Your team probably forfeits the game. <laughs> as, as Mike Hicks points out, um, six minutes of the first period, uh, the Belfast Giants forfeited the game after uh, Besco handled the puck outside of the trapezoid. <laughs> or it probably activates multi puck mode or something. God, something else multi-puck. stupid that they have announced. I do you know what actually this is a bit off topic but it's it's also it's, I, I I didn't want to I didn't put it into a running order because I thought I'll I'll bore the pants off people um but I I you know my my spare time because you know I, I'm I'm fun this way I was reading this scientific journal the other day uh, <laughs> sounds so boring but it was this you were you were right not to put that in the running order yeah you were a hundred percent it was it was a study though that was done in America in in Harvard and it was based on uh, hockey fans and. 
just because you mentioned about the puck thing and they talked about um because they, they talked about the different things the u.s have done previously to obviously see how people you know follow the puck people who don't know the game people who don't follow the game you know obviously need a bit of hand and a bit of help trying to follow the puck in terms of you know they had the blue goal thing and stuff on the tv and everything else and actually what they were saying was actually people who watch hockey regularly so diehard hockey fans will can have proven through tests they did where they kind of were making them watch games and had them attached to like electrodes and stuff and whatever in the way the eye movement was going they were doing pretty much what Wayne Gretzky has been doing this whole time and they know where that little puck is going to be even before it gets there and so they're able to see that um like the majority of people that they were testing hockey fans that they were testing could follow the puck no matter what or even were doing it just before the puck was getting there so it's yeah it's boring Did sorry you just call every armchair hockey fan around the world a Wayne Gretzky. No, but that's what this re- this was these research had said. Basically, they were doing. You, you just no. likened every. You ju- what you just said was that every every armchair hockey fan out there who can track the puck do similar to what Wayne Gretzky TV had said. Is basically Gretzky. No, I said. I said. It's do the, it's the best compliment <laughs> I've ever been given. Well, I said. What I actually meant was they they do what Wayne Gretzky had always said you should do, and that is that. Uh, know where the puck is going to be, not where it was or not where it is, you know, where, know where it's going to be. And that's what they were saying in this research was that it showed that actually that's what hockey fans do. They know where the puck is going to be before it's like even there. Um, and that's what this research is showing. Sorry, I don't. I got off topic. <laughs> normally I'm looking down at my feet or grabbing my pint every time the Giants score a goal. So <laughs> clearly I, I'm not a Gretzky hockey fan. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to go off topic and bore everyone, but there you go. Um, John, we have one no, last... We have one last story in this period. Um, it's still elite league technically, but do you want to take? Do you want to um, introduce it there? Yeah, it was just a just a very quick one. I've already mentioned uh, through the period that the Devils have been uh, playing in the CHL. Um, they've gone one zero and three in their first four games, uh, but rather embarrassingly scored uh, an absolute highlight goal on themselves. Um, in a 2-0 defeat um, to, I can't remember who it was they were playing now, but just the, it's an absolute clinker of an own goal. Um, total stick handling mistake, empty net um, in the, the back end of the third period and two Devils. Amazingly, one of them is a, a newcomer to Cardiff, but not a newcomer to uh allowing goals and own goals oh is uh, Ben O'Connor oh dear is involved in that play as well um, which I, I hadn't amazingly didn't see anything about that online it was only when I, I watched the highlights of the game uh, the announcer happened to say that Ben O'Connor was involved in the play um, but yeah straight into their own empty net uh, don't know who they credited the goal with must have been the closest uh, offensive player who was there but yeah just a terrible terrible highlight to have broadcast um but i can't take anything away from them they've got one win in the chl in the um early stages so fair play to them well done uh, yeah. to the devils on that one indeed um no matter what at least you know at least elite league's been represented um we always say this every year um that no matter if they're doing well or doing bad in the in in the chl no matter what it is at least it's being represented which is you know, all we can ask for is that, that you 100%. know uk hockey can still be seen um and it's being represented right across um the globe and i suppose uh, more importantly across european leagues like this um so yeah for play to them even if they're having to stand in longer immigration queues now when yep. they go over there. And even if they technically shouldn't be there because they're not technically the current reigning defending champions of the Elite League, but whatever. 
<clears throat> uh, moving Absolutely. on. I think, uh, I think Adam Keefe said it the best in uh, a little video a couple of years ago. It was, uh, you're welcome, Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, I'm I actually think... just watching that highlight video and yeah, that's 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 a horrible mishap. That's a clinker, isn't it? <laughs> so it's that absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's so unfortunate. Oh dear. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, no worries. Um, guys, I think that really takes us to the end of this period. I don't think there's any more stories to cover. Um, obviously we'll we'll keep an eye out for any more stories now we'll be back again in two weeks time and we'll we'll pick up on um what stories come out between now and then and also obviously we'll be finishing up on the the pre-seasons we'll pretty much be finishing up pre-season games will be done pretty much by that point and we can have a bit of a look ahead to the upcoming weekend of first competitive games which will be coming up just after our next recording so we'll look forward to our next episode to really get into our thoughts and opinions of on the season ahead so what i'm going to suggest is that normally at this time of year we always look at um our predictions for the season ahead um usually they're quite you know quite quite obvious what we usually say but what i will say is maybe we'll hold on to those until next the next episode um and we'll give you time to think about um your your thoughts and opinions on that um and who's going to win what and everything Sounds else good. so we'll do that next episode uh, hey. and we'll do it because dave will be here yeah, hopefully just um, get in touch and let us let us know what your thoughts are yeah indeed. i want to hear what everyone else thinks as well indeed get in let us know let us know and we'll include those as well in the next episode um guys then if we're happy enough what we'll do then is we'll round up period one and we'll move straight on to period two of hockey okay well with dave not being here today i have to pick up the reins of uh period two um this is uh news from across the pond anywhere else apart from here it's international hockey um, and I think we've got two nice stories here today. One, we've already talked about the Olympics today, but let's let's return to the Olympics. Marty, you've got a nice one there. Yeah, um, so basically, as of this week, there was an announcement that came out um, this week around, well, it's, I think the official announcement is coming out tomorrow um well today as of if you're listening if you're listening it'll be today because it's friday um so the the announcement is due to come out on um friday the 10th and that the announcement is really that the nhl will be set to return to the olympics for the first time since 2014 and what we mean by that is um we had this conversation in the last winter olympics um when it was quite well known and quite vocal where a lot of the nhl players had really were quite vocal about their unhappiness around the fact that they were not allowed to partake in for their team for their for their countries in the winter olympics we had big names uh you know like ovechkin and we had you know those big vocal people uh, players really important players in the nhl saying i want to play and i'll take a fine or i'll take a whatever it might be i'll take my my punishment from the nhl if it means i get to go and play in the olympics for some of these players it means a lot to them um and the player agreement at that stage had basically said no player from the nhl was allowed to join up with the olympics however um a bit of a sigh of relief there's an agreement now has been made that the nhl will now be sending players to beijing um and that will be coming up and that'll be the, so the first time that the NHL players will be representing um, Olympic teams since 2014. Obviously, this is a big thing. Um, I think probably a good bit of it probably is around, I think maybe some pressures around, the, you know, the pandemic and circumstances around that too. I think maybe it's played a big part in the reasons why these decisions have, have came, up, came, up, came up really, I suppose. Um, there is obviously a bit of doubt around, well, 
you know, it's Beijing, you know, the, you know, the, the Olympics have just shown there recently that, you know, it can be done, you know, that, the, you know, if it's controlled correctly and it's done in the right way that, um, the, you know, the sport can go on. But I think there's a bit of doubt still around, you know, what's going to be happening here with the Winter Olympics because we're coming up on them quite quickly. Um, normally, we'd usually have two years gap between the Summer and Winter Olympics, but obviously we've had um, a year's you know, there was a year, it was put back by a year because of COVID. So we actually have the Winter Olympics coming up on us next next year. Actually, I think it's due for this January twenty twenty two. Um, so actually, it's not that long between winter and summer this time around. Um, guys, I mean, in terms of you know, we we've talked about it. Um, one of my biggest memories of of the NL of watching the Winter Olympics, um, watching hockey at the Winter Olympics, um, is back in I think maybe two. 2010 I would say maybe is my biggest memory or maybe 2014 actually it might have been actually come to think of it but I remember sitting uh we had like I think we went to Dave's place to watch the final or is that 2010 I think 2014 maybe did we go to John's actually maybe 2014 no. I think we did, yeah, yeah. And we had like half. The, You're half, trying to get me to remember back to 2014. Yeah, we had half. Half the room was half. <laughs> half the room was divided. Half the room were in there uh, were supporting the Americans, and half the team, half the half the room was supporting uh, the Canadian side because obviously that was what the final was. Um, but I mean, it's exciting times, you know, in terms of um, in terms of that. I mean, you think of you think of the Olympics, and you have the, like you look at the pl- the player pool that they now have this time around, which maybe we haven't seen before in the Olympics. We so have the players like you know Austin Matthews coming in this will be the first time ever being called up as well for for you know for the team you've got um you know players from across right across that haven't had a chance and had this opportunity i mean it's quite exciting uh john what's your thoughts nothing but positive um absolutely loving the idea of nhl players being back although i i, I do sometimes have this niggle in the back of my head that the Olympics is really designed to be the amateur athletes. Um, and I know that me and Dave have kind of spoken on this before and I've maybe flip-flopped more um, that I love the idea of the the top-level professionals going and fighting out for the gold medal. But at the same time, when we've had no participation by the NHL athletes, are very minimal uh, by the players who've taken fines or whatever and have gone ahead and and played anyway. Actually, the the level of skill hasn't really dropped that much, but you've got to see guys representing their country that maybe otherwise now, because the NHL will go, won't get that opportunity now. I, I have um, the same kind of worry as well that it's well, not worry's not the right word, but as you said, I think you 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 worded it rightly uh, a niggle in the back of your head it's going to be such so much more exciting games but what about the all the other teams that don't have or all the other countries that don't have nhl players i guess you're right but then you need to look at you know obviously we look at the last olympics you know the last winter olympics there and um, when russia won 2018 i mean russia won they, they won because they had a stacked team they had you know khl players right across their team so they mm-hmm. they had professional players right across and you have the likes of like you know sweden done really well because they had obviously their professional from the swedish you know the swedish leagues there germany done well because they had dell players and stuff playing in, the, in those teams so you know we have to look at it in terms of so in just terms even of that. evening it, the playing field it does, al- it does almost in some ways i mean i mean you look at it like the us has never won olympic gold since sending NHL players and the NHL players started going to the Olympics in 1998 um, and the, 
US hasn't won anything yet. And so, you know, there's some argument there whether or not, you know, having those professional players on the team makes much of a difference. But then you look at Canada, who are two-time defending champions, who have had NHL players on those two winning teams. But you look at it in terms of, if you look at it in terms of these new players, newer, you know, younger rookie players who have come into the NHL over the last few years, and you look at the likes of like, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Austin Matthews, you look at Connor McDavid, you look at, you know, all those players who've never had a chance to represent their home, their their home countries. And I suppose it must be exciting for them too to actually get a chance to, you know, go off and, and represent them um, because they've never had a ch- an opportunity to do that. Um, so I guess, you know, I, I take on board what you guys are saying. And I know David's a, Dave's a very big advocate of, of what you're saying, John, in terms of, you know, um, you know, amateur, you know, well, not amateur because, you know, they're not just amateur. I mean, these are, no, you if you look at, if you look at, a valid point. if you look at, if you look at the Summer Olympics, I mean, if you look at the general Summer Olympics, I mean, you're, you've got big athletes there. You've got mass, you've got swimmers who are professional. They're, they're not amateurs. They're professional swimmers. They're professional divers. They're professional runners. Like you've got like, oh, even, even doing... better. Look, you've got professional tennis players, professional tennis exactly. players who are, who are signed up to enormous contracts. They, they are going, You've got the, in inverted commas, things like the GB football team, uh, which is, I think, pretty much just the England team. Um, like you, yeah, th- there are precedents within other Olympic sports, whether it's summer or winter. Um, but I think hockey always had that perception. Hockey is the Winter Olympics. Like, like, let's not get away from it. Aside from one or two other stories in other sports that have now got sort of legendary cult status, whether it's in the the Australian guy in the speed skating who won gold because everyone else crashed out on the last lap or the Jamaican bobsleigh team um, or like any number of other like things that are now in the sort of public psyche about the Winter Olympics. Hockey is the Winter Olympics. It's the sport. It's the flagship sport of the Winter Olympics. And yes, you're going to get a great product with the NHL players being there. But it might as well just be like the NHL All-Star Week, um, where it's just a mix-up of NHL rosters and you see who comes out best with the weird mix of players who don't normally play together. What what coach, what bench team can get the best out of that team? Um, whereas with the non-elite signed players, they're going through camps together, they're going through training and development together. And what you get, I sometimes feel, is a better product at the end of it at the winter olympics so yes again i'm I'm going over ground i've already gone over i'm excited to have nhl players there but i'm gonna miss the the amateurs in inverted commas if you like i'm gonna miss that competition so some key dates to look at is um the obviously the training uh, the lists of players that are under consideration for both u.s hockey and hockey canada um will be, well, I suppose all teams will be submitting their lists of players um, for consideration that are under consideration, as you say, by October 15th. And the final 23-man roster will be uh, revealed in January time. The NHL have said that they are not risking sending any players to China unless all players that are involved throughout the Olympics will be vaccinated. But I'm going to guess that's going to be a mandatory thing anyway in the Olympics that all players and all sports um any sport, any sports person um, that is attending will be vaccinated. I'm going to guess anyway. And 90 to 95 percent of the players in the NHL will already have been vaccinated, if not, um, if not 100 percent by the time it comes to the training camps here in late September time. Uh, that takes us on to, um, sorry, 
I was about going to I was about to take over again there, Aaron. Sorry. Um I know it's I'm t- so no, sorry. No, go, go ahead. You've 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 you you actually led back it. I was gonna tell a funny little story about the Jamaican bobsleigh to- team, but um <laughs> we can we can leave that to later on. Yeah, that's such so just because John brought it up there, uh so I think it was maybe three months ago, I was on a Zoom call with uh the captain of that Jamaican bobsleigh team. No way. I swear, I swear. So he is now a uh, public speaker. He's he, he uh, basically the company that I work for brought him in as a motivational speaker for like the, like an all hands for the entire company. And he got he got on the call. And it's you know the main guy, the the, the, the runner. Yeah. Um. The, the, now obviously there's that you, you when you take it from the movie there's there's. I remember uh, you telling some, this. I mean, yeah. There's didn't, some didn't crush. Yeah. There's some. There's some. Uh, what's the term? There's artistic license. Artistic I think licensing with it. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, but no, uh, the the main runner guy, and he went through and told us the, the entire uh, quite a very inspiring story. Um, and yes, okay, they yeah they crashed, but hey, it inspired a, a inspired a nation and inspired a movie. But uh, sorry, that's a, such a random and, conversation. And did you feel, did you feel all like you know inspired and ready to go and fired up and work then afterwards? I did, and I thought, you Great. know what, I'm going to talk about this on a, on a podcast. It worked, and then it did its work. <laughs> then the work paid for something that was really useful. <laughs> it was very good, very good. But anyway, sorry, Marty, you had a very nice segue. You were talking about um, uh, vaccinations, um, which I think leads very nicely into. Uh, John's next story. We haven't talked about we haven't talked about COVID for at least five minutes, so probably <laughs> let's, let's go back there and talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, well, um, strap in, strap in, everyone. We're going back to COVID, uh, but we're looking at the NHL side of COVID this time. Um, and again, it's a little bit of controversy. Um, the NHL COVID nineteen uh, health and safety protocols um, have were released a couple of weeks ago, uh, or sorry, last week, and. Whilst not in particular looking like they are putting the microscope over players or anyone who can't or won't take the vaccine um, for whether it's religious or medical exemptions, um, like other North American sports, they are looking to limit what players who aren't vaccinated can do. Um, The NHL is the latest uh, amongst North American leagues to do this. I'll run through kind of what the um, expectations are, and it it mainly applies to unvaccinated players and road trips, so playing away from their home arenas. So players who aren't vaccinated will only be able to go to their team's hotel, practice facility and the arena, but will be unable to use other areas such as bars, restaurants, gyms and pools while they're playing away. Unvaccinated players will also be forbidden from having teammates or visitors in their hotel room. Under NHL rules, teams will be permitted to suspend unvaccinated players who are unable to participate in club activities, whether that is due to a positive test for COVID-19 or due to an inability to travel because of government restrictions. And unvaccinated players will lose one day's pay for each day they miss though the league will make exceptions for players who do not take a vaccination due to religious or medical reasons. Um, Now, according to an ESPN source, 
an overwhelming majority of NHL players have had the vaccine, so the rules won't apply to the largest proportion of the players in the league. But these are these are big, flashy rules that are put out there, and whilst not looking like they're wanting to persecute people for not taking it, these are big incentives for players to get the vaccine. Um Marty, what do you make of that? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously they're 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 you know, they're doing probably much what a lot of the, the leagues and stuff, the other um sporting leagues in America are doing right now. But um I think it's you know, we've you know, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I think it's very sensible what they're doing in terms of saying, you know, the vaccinations is gonna help you kind of still be able to kind of use all these different areas and all these different spaces. And I think they're right. What I did know was quite interesting was that um, you know, obviously for those who are for those unvaccinated players who test positive for COVID-19 which means that they are unable to participate in club activities so they'll get they'll get suspend um they're, they're getting suspended but yet if you've been vaccinated but you still come down with COVID-19 which we know can happen um you won't get suspended because even though but because you've had your vaccination you know but even though you've had COVID which is an interesting one but yeah I think they're right I think what they're doing in terms of you know moving forward I think it, it kind of shouts exactly what should be done um i don't feel like just i don't cla- think just clarify something for me sorry so they can't they can't go to the gym they can't go to the restaurants they can't go to the hotels but they are going to be in the same changing rooms and they're going to be playing games so i think the the purpose around this is uh, obviously with the vaccine while it does um sort of maybe reduce the effects of the virus on any individual who's had one or two vaccines depending on which one you've had um the main thing it does is it uh, limits transmissibility of the vaccine so i reckon what they're doing is they're not putting the unvaccinated players into positions where they could be more likely to contract the virus and therefore then pass it on in those uncontrolled environments like the locker room to the vaccinated players thus making them ineligible in the light of a positive COVID-19 test, they would then be not suspended. They would just be unable to play because I believe the suspension element only comes in for unvaccinated players. But they can, so they, what, they will be in the, they will be in the changing room. And they will they'll, they'll be in the changing rooms if they are available, if they meet everything else and are available to play, then yes. They'll be in the change rooms, Aaron, because the, as, as John kind of pointed out there, places like the change rooms and the, you know, on the ice and stuff, they are controlled areas. They're controlled, so each player that's coming in there will have all had te- they'll all have been tested coming into the games. All of the refs will have been tested okay. coming into the games. Okay. All of the support staff will have been tested coming into the games. They won't be that close to fans, or the fans who are coming into the games uh, potentially will either have to show like maybe that will have to wear masks. They'll have to, you know players. The players will always still wear masks going in and about the the locker rooms and about the changing areas and about the backs and stuff. That will all probably still be in place like they have been doing. So it's controlled. But as John was mentioning, those other areas like the bars and everything else they're not controlled areas um so they can't Perfect. you know they can't guarantee so if someone develops covid in an arena then they can be like right well we know it came from the arena and therefore it's partly our fault because we didn't control it correctly you know we'll let this happen whereas if the player is out in the bar they can be there's a bit of that thing of like well you know you chose to go to that bar you know we couldn't control you know where you have freedom to go where you want to go so but if you're unvaccinated you're putting yourself in more risk it was that it was that controlled environment that wasn't clicking. Like I'm all for, by the way, I'm all for the vaccine. You know, let let's get them uh, get you know get the team our team and the the players having it. But it was just I, I, I wasn't getting that controlled environment. It was like what's the difference between them going to the gym and going to 
going to the changing room. Um, but because it's that controlled environment that's done through all the tests, that's that's the major difference here. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Okay. Oh, Flip, it's, it's me. I'm still talking. I'm supposed to be looking after the rest of that pair, aren't I? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Awkward silence. Awkward silence. Well, I, th- I think that's actually the end of the, this period. Um, we've talked about the Olympics. We've talked about COVID. So let's move on to period three. And you never know, we might talk about COVID again. So welcome. It's period three. Um, it's general knocky news. Where man, I can't wait to do this podcast in person again, and that all starts to getting done properly again. That's Nucky. really annoying. With even even the half second delay on this is just so annoying for that. Um, so knocky news. If you've never listened to Door Fourteen Hockey before, um, where have you been? We've been here for years. Um, but it's where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that uh, we think needs uh, a little bit of a talk through, whether it is something we think is really interesting or something we think is really funny and stupid. Um, So in much that that sort of spirit, something that we definitely think needs to be discussed is the women's game. And Marty, the women's game in uh, North America is rebranding yeah the nwhl uh, is officially changing and removing the word women's from the title um the league is now going to be changing over and being known for um from the future as premier hockey federation um the i suppose the reasons behind this are, are a couple of different reasons i suppose and obviously um one of the big things was that the league has come a long way since its inception this league has been around the w the nwhl has been around um since 2015 um and I suppose they are looking at, you know, their commitment to growing the game and inspiring youth, especially for young, for young ladies and for young women. And about how they're going to do it, we'll go about doing that. And they felt that, you know, why are we having the this, you know, why is the first of a women's professional hockey league? Um, why are we tying it down to our gender rather than the fact that we should be seen for the actual skill and the actual talent that we have. So we should be defined by their talent and skill rather than the fact that we're women. Uh, so the decision to change the name um, also provided the 16 federations an opportunity to make social statement by removing the gender from its title. So basically what they're saying is that the, the new era moving forward will be this hockey, the premier hockey federation. Um, I think that as I say, they it's, it's, I think what they're saying is they feel that it was, it's a bit more respectful Um they felt that it was, um, you know, the fact that they play the same game, the same size puck, the same size rinks, the same nets, the same pads, the same everything else. Um, then the label should just be removed. They think that they, they, they came to a decision that they felt that by removing the W and erasing that the history of that just would make the, the women who have taken part in the ladies who are taking part in this league feel more empowered by the fact that they are being looked at for their talent and not just because of their gender. Um, and I think obviously, you know, it's it's very key time i suppose you know it's it's very it's a, it's a very it's a very key time um within what's going on in the world right across in the last number of years that you know that this is this is an i think it's a, a smart move i think it's a great move um for the league to move forward um and replacing the name and, and changing the branding and really showing and looking at you know that as you as as i was saying and what that was mentioned already is that that skill and that that and keeping that at the forefront for this league um i think i guess you know there's no 
there, there's no point going to either of you guys to ask your opinions on it because I'm, I'm going to guess you're probably going to be in agreement that it's there's there's not there's no bad side to this. There's nothing there's nothing at all that can be that comes out of this that, that looks bad in any way. I mean, I'm I'm right in thinking that I, I would guess them, but uh, Aaron, I'm coming to you first. I mean, am I right in saying that? Would you? There's nothing really that's negative in this at all at any point. How how could it be in any way negative? No, it's 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 absolutely uh, amazing news. The only thing that I'm unsure of is is the actual logo. It looks very Premier League to me, but I appreciate it's called Premier, and it just it, even the way the stars are kind of looks like a, a Premier League football. It actually, kind of thing. it actually more yeah more reminded me of uh, Premier Sports. Yeah, I feel like Aaron Mur- Aaron Murphy might be their. Uh, like go-to commentator when uh, they broadcast their games but uh, but it's amazing yeah i mean I, I, I would agree with you the um i know the reason the reason for my, my first thoughts whenever i seen it and i seen the brand i kind of agreed with you i kind of thought the brand was a bit weak i kind of felt it looked a bit i suppose it's supposed to look european though because what they've said was they're trying to make it um reflect like a european audience they felt that um the mm-hmm. the marketing was more global in terms of like federation was more acceptable in European areas in terms of, you know, Asian sports love being governed by federations and in terms of European sports as well, there's different federations of like golf and hockey and stuff in in Europe. But again, I kind of felt when I looked at it, I kind of thought it was like, it's quite Russian to be honest with me. Um, that would be my only thing. I mean, obviously I have nothing against, obviously I think it's great that they've, they, the empowerment that is there, that they've decided to make this bold statement and, and, and kind of make it kind of almost put themselves in the same uh, level as their male counterparts and kind of you know, point out here, we're hockey, uh, you know, we're professional hockey players also. I think that's the right thing to do, but I would agree. The only thing I would probably argue with as well, and I'm probably in agreement with you, is I feel like the branding is a tiny bit weak. Yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing about the message. It's actually just like it's 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 all down to the branding. But I but I have to I have to admit I think it's better than the previous logo. Yeah, and yeah, well, yeah, that is. Although the previous logo was just the NHL logo with the W placed in the middle, just forced into the middle, isn't it? No, they had they had they had stars at the top and the the writing underneath and stuff like that. And so. NHL has stars. And is the is the NHL, oh, is, is the yeah, font? Course, if I look at it, if I t- if I put my finger over the W, is the font not just the NHL font? I think it's possibly italic. Italic a bit, yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, they they just they, it really was just a brand grab from the NHL. So yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind them finding their own identity. Step out. Um, yeah. and you're you're just right. It's. And I mean the the statements from some of the players and everything they're they're hundred percent right. Why should their skill and their talent be defined by their gender? It absolutely shouldn't be. Um, because the the game. Let, look at it in our side. I don't know. If, did you guys manage to get to the um, the college game? The, yes. The women's college game that did. was here yep. um, alongside the friendship four. Yep. Um, it, it was stunning. Like the 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 level of hockey that was being played in those two games was fantastic it was outstanding uh like it's on the level of the friendship four yep 100 percent. like easily easily on the same level um so more of it more of the same please yeah so uh, and many other not just hockey but many other leagues that have women in the title is there a is there a woman's football mm-hmm. league yep there's um, a women's basketball association the WNBA. so yeah, so let's see. There might be more to come. 
inspires more yep. people. Exactly. Absolutely, it should. And if it comes from hockey, then absolutely fine. I can get Even right better. behind that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so that being the one that we really thought we needed to get through, um, and yeah, okay, we're going to talk about women again, but in a very different uh, <laughs> form this time. Um, can I just say, before, this you, one, before you introduce it, can I just say, whenever I read that story about the empowerment thing and then I see this story, I was like, oh dear. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Well, this is more of the, that was the, yeah, here's the funny ha-ha version. Um, so this was from uh, the most reputable online source that you can think of, Unilad. Um, <laughs> and apparently, apparently, believe it or not, Russian team AK Bars have made the decision to get rid of their cheerleading team. Uh, it's not in a move to um, sort of move away from that sort of whole dancing girls and all that having to be. We've seen other teams move away from having cheerleaders on the pitch. We've seen sort of changes in the way that um, those on-field or on-ice entertainments are done. We've seen it in American football, in hockey elsewhere. Things have changed, but not in this, not for the same reasons that AK Bars decided to get rid of uh, their cheerleaders. Um, now, apparently they wanted to make things a bit more family friendly, but also because they were worried that the players' wives were getting jealous because of the time that the cheerleaders were spending around the players. Um, so, yeah, the, the AK, bar, yeah, AK bars of uh, Kazan City have done away with uh, their cheerleaders for just that reason. Uh, so the, a, a KHL team will no longer have um, their cheerleaders backing them up every game night. <laughs> Guys, what's your thoughts? Careful what you say, we're all married here. I don't know what to say, really, to be honest. Um, I think it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. And now, is it, have they actually come out and said that they're ditching the cheerleaders because they're worried that the, the wives are jealous? Or is this a is this a story that's come from somewhere? They have said it's, it's because of family-friendly reasons, but then someone went... Well, actually, what I heard was, you know, they're they're jealous. Is it is it from the is it from the team? Is it from them, or is it from a another source? The team. It looks like the team have come out and said. Do you know what? Sorry, go ahead, John. No, sorry, go on ahead, Mark. I was going to say it looks like the team have come out and they've used the excuse of family friendly. Um, and that's the reason why they've get they have went down the route of the reasons why this they haven't down specifically to say that it's the the players' wives getting jealous. But uh, I think it's the fact that like one of the cheerleaders from that team, um, you know who was in that club, who was a a former cheerleader for the team, she came out and said actually what well, supposedly what actually happened was that people's wives they were reacting because there was complaints from people's wives and that they were the ones who came forward and said that they weren't happy with it. And actually it's not a move for family friendliness. It was actually because the players' wives were complaining to the powers that be within the team that they weren't happy that the cheerleaders were there, that they were a distraction type thing. And this is what this former cheerleader has come out to say. So it's kind of one of those ones. You know, one of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite parts of all this is that uh, I, in inverted commas, group of fans have uh, set up a change.org petition pushing uh, for uh, the reinstatement of the uh, cheerleading team. And at the time that this piece was put out, uh, it gained 535 signatures of its 1,000 target. Um, what a 
what I want to point out is, and I've just literally this minute done a little bit of research into AK bars. How many, um, what do you think the capacity of the Tatneft Arena is? Um, like what, like 3,000? Keep going. Seven thousand. It is. It's a ten thousand seater arena, and so far five hundred and thirty five fans. We don't know if they're season ticket holders. We don't know if they're occasional uh, fans or potentially maybe it's players from the team themselves. Um, but yeah, so far only five hundred out of a potential uh, ten thousand capacity crowd have uh, asked management to renege on their decision to uh, get rid of their cheerleaders. So read into that what you will. That's a that's a crazy story. Yeah, and. Uh, we're probably best just swiftly moving straight on from that before <laughs> on. says anything that we will live to regret in a soundbite that will come back to us uh, at some point. Aaron, <laughs> you have been busily typing away something here um, in our running order while we've been going through the last couple of stories here. I'm yeah. not entirely sure where you're going to go with this, but I'm going to leave it up to you. Something about untold stories and crime and penalties. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah, so... Um, maybe you haven't seen it. I think Marty's seen it, mm-hmm. but uh, Net- Netflix have recently released uh, a series called Untold Stories, um, and one of the one of the uh, documentaries is called Crime and Penalties. John, do you know about it? Have you heard about this at all? No, nope. haven't heard a thing about it. Marty, you've seen it? Yep, seen it. Yeah. So it uh, it's called Crime and Penalties. It's a little bit of a hint that it is actually hockey related and it's all related to down to a, a team uh, from uh, Danbury, Connecticut called the Danbury uh, Trashers. Does that name ring a bell, John? But weirdly, when you say about the Trashers, I think on Twitter I have seen some weird references to the Trashers and I had no idea what was going on and I think I ignored it. So I clearly so, missed something. I don't. I, I don't think we should get into this story too much today. Um, I, I just want to. I want to give it a massive shout out because it's. If you need uh, an hour to kill, definitely, um, uh, definitely get the. You know, sit down, put on Netflix, and look up the the untold stories. It was actually my wife Amy that uh, that pointed it out to me. Um, I think Marty, you mentioned it as well. But it's. I'll, I'll give you a little synopsis. So there's a there's this guy called uh, James Calante. Um, who their fam- they kind of introduced it as this is the family that uh, inspired the Sopranos, and okay. yeah, so there's a bit of there's a bit of dodginess going on there. There's a bit of um, crime going on, and what this guy does um, is he buys his 17 year old son AJ um, his own ice hockey team and makes him uh, the president and general manager. And over right. time, and it's it's absolutely, it's kind of like, it. Re, by the end of it, I felt very strange, but because I thought it was great, it's a great story. Um, it's all, it's almost, um, it's like a cr- very crime and uh, villain version of, um, God, what was that Disney show that we watched <laughs> recently during the summer? Why can I, the Maddie Ducks, you know the way that they start a team. 
and the 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 hair all the thing. It was it's like that real world, but with crime. At times, <laughs> so at, is, as you say, we'll maybe we'll okay. we'll, wait, we'll wait until um John's watched it, and we'll wait until the CFD has watched, and we'll have a chat about it. But um, I agree with you. It's it's quite it, at times when you're watching it, you kind of feel like when you're watching, it, you're kind of like. Why is this a true story? This can't be a true story. It's At times, not, you just think, "No, this is completely. This has to be something from a movie script. This cannot be real." I know, obviously, Netflix documentaries sensationalize things and they change the stories to make it look like the way they wanted to be. But that's fine, like we all do. But this still the end of it. You know, still what you have to remember. But when you're watching it, is that actually, although they probably have dramatized parts of it, the underlying story of what they're telling here is real and happened, and you're like. This is just yeah. what. So yeah, definitely, John, watch it, it's, and we'll we'll, we'll talk definitely about definitely watch it. So, I think okay, they invested on, something on like list. one one point was it one point five million invented uh, invested into the team and into the uh, the the whole arena just to to do it, to do it up. I do. There is one thing I want to spoil because I think it was the best thing in the world, and it sent me into stitches. So AJ's setting up the team. And uh, he's going through the list of people and he says, right, well, we've got to make this we've got to make this massive announcement. We've got to get one particular player. Who can we get? And it's a player that we've mentioned already today. Marty, can you remember who that player was? Yeah, he was like, it had to be one player and one player only. We have to get Gretzky. And then it, 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 it cuts off and it's like Danbury uh, Trasher signed Gretzky. And then they're doing the and honestly that's that's the title Gretzky has been signed on to the the Danbury Trashers and they 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 pan over to the the news conference and AJ's up there saying that they've got uh, got Gretzky and they introduce him and it's it's Brent Gretzky his brother <laughs> <laughs> absolutely amazing such a funny thing okay it's definitely it's definitely on the list then right and we'll put it. Uh, we'll put it down for uh, a few few podcast time, and we'll we'll get ta- uh, chatting about it. I think it's, it's um, well worth watch. Awesome. With that, then that rounds off um, period three. That finishes off knocky news for this time around, and uh, I think that then puts us over on to overtime, Murray. Yeah, um, overtime. So our overtime segment is uh, just a short bit of the, the episode where we uh, pull together any other stories that we didn't really fit anywhere else within the first two, three periods of hockey. Um, so these can be stories from anything ranging from uh, wacky and weird and that'll maybe provoke some conversation between us and some discussion. Uh, we also use the overtime segment to address and answer any questions that we get from our social media channels. Um, and John, we got one in today to have a quick chat yeah we did um so marcus on twitter um amazingly part of the 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 teal army from dublin um who travels up um for game days uh, and says that he throws us on uh clearly in the background if you're anything like me it's just turning the volume all the way up just in case something's wrong with like the suspension or something just that if you can't hear it it's it's not broken um you need to get a new car mate (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I need a house first i need a house i need to get out the father-in-law's house and then i can start listening to the sound of the road and not the sound of whatever's on the radio um but he asked marcus asks us um what is the one thing and he says it can be as mundane as you like that you've missed most about live hockey and like legitimately i, I thought this was a cracker question um aaron what is the one thing 
as mundane as you like that you have missed from live hockey? People and atmosphere. I suppose that's two things. No, it's the same thing. People and atmosphere. I, 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 You're 100% I, right. People make the atmosphere. So, yeah, I can I can go with both of those. I, I It's... Of course, um, the hockey games, the excitement of the goals, the excitement, just the the thrill of it all, um, definitely. But to me, it's it's being able to get out there, be social, meet your friends, meet you guys, uh, I'll meet everyone, um, just chat to people. That's I just can't wait for that to get again, for that to happen again. Yep, uh, yep, a hundred percent agree, Marty. What's the the one thing that uh, that you've missed the most? Um. Do you know what? It falls kind of similar into what Aaron has said, and, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, just steal somebody else's, but it's kind of exactly what Aaron has kind of said. It's kind of the people thing, but for me specifically, what I mean, but what specifically what I have missed is I've really missed like the, the, the I suppose have boring. I suppose me waxing lyrical or me going on about my thoughts and opinions on a game after the game in in the bar after you know sitting in um. You know, McCool's after the game, you know, over a pint, seeing familiar faces, um, maybe seeing faces we haven't seen in a while. You know, maybe some of the some of the fa- the Giants fans that we know from, you know, over in, who are basically not based maybe in Northern Ireland as often or you don't see them as often. And, you know, getting a bit of a chance to chat with them and, and catch up with them, but also just having a drink, having a drink and discussing our thoughts on either if it was a brilliant game or if it was an awful game and where it all went wrong, you know, and I really miss I miss that and I miss hearing what other people's thoughts are on 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 like their take on the game as opposed to. Um so I'm really looking forward to I'm really like in my head right now, I'm thinking I'm already planning. I know um we we're I don't think any of us unfortunately we're not gonna be at the first game of the season. I know can you imagine like but the first game of the season we're not gonna be at. Um so it's gonna have to be the next game after that that we're that we're all there together and my hope is that we can we can all be there and we'll, you know, go to McCool's, we'll have our pint and we'll we'll catch up with those people we haven't seen in over nearly two years and and uh yeah, just completely give our two cents worth, even if it was not really worth anything, but yeah, give our two cents about the game and, and, and just hear what everybody else is saying. Um but yeah, just having those just that, that those moments with other people um has definitely been missed. What about you, John? I am kind of in the same boat as both of you. Um, it is that it's that build up on the day, um, like knowing, especially that first game of the season. Like there is always that buzz, and we've kind of, well, I mean, not kind of, we we did, we missed out on that for a year. We we had hockey ripped away from us without kind of expecting it to happen whether you saw covid coming for a week or two weeks or whatever but it it was all just ripped away we missed out on a full year um of those days where you're excited for that that big game or that visiting team coming or that away weekend um just that little bit of buzz that gets you through that working week or those last couple of days before you're off for the weekend you've got a couple of beers that do you know what actually I, I think i've said it before the one thing i've really missed about hockey here in belfast in particular is that first stinking pint mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nowhere else on the planet i would pay for that first stinking pint because i would throw it around whoever served it to me but i expect it now but you you almost go with an expectation of that first mouthful of diluted vinegary beer and 
that just screams game night to me. That screams, <laughs> this is a night, you're at the hockey, you're having a great time. Eventually, you're going to like what you're drinking, but you're going to need at least this first pint in you first before you stop caring what it tastes like. And that's that's the one thing I've missed more than anything, um, is that, plus the people. I, I can't wait to see the people again. I'm going to throw in one more just because um, I can and I want to. Um, and also because you said about <laughs> you said about trying to add one in that's mundane. And this is as mundane as I can think of that might sound I, like, what? I, I'm doing the same thing, Marty. So I'm like, what else is there? <laughs> my most mundane thing that people be like, what? Is like the, there's something about that I relish about the drive down from my house to park in my usual, <laughs> inverted commas, car park as i like to call it um parking up and the car park that i park in don't want to tell everybody where it is because i don't want them stealing my spots um but you know that walk stop stop telling them exactly i know so that that short walk from the car park you know just the the walking across the 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 walking across the road to the walking along the the side you know the side of the lagging seeing all the fans the away fans and the even the home fans coming across you know the bridge the footbridge and hearing all of the excitement and and the kids going down towards the games and being all like oh my god we're going to get you know and there's just those little bits and pieces sounds really mundane that walk but you know that it's just this thing about whenever i walk down there i know i'm heading towards the arena i see the arena in the distance uh putting my jersey on as i walk across you know it's just really it's re- it, it seems quite uniform things that i do it's quite like you know it's kind of a, a same thing that i do time and time again but it's that mundaneness and that simple little thing that i actually really look forward to as well so yeah i can't wait i'm actually really excited i can't wait you know what? Um, there's one that, that just came into mind and i i like i'm actually going to ask do you think it'll come back like what what do you think the government regulations are going to be around the subway cannon <laughs> or the bougie cannon <laughs> I mean, as, like, as long as somebody has like coughed, coughed on the sandwich first. I mean, you can still get a subway now. I mean, it's not like there's anything weird about getting a subway, but you think it's going to be okay to launch, blast, launch a subway? Surely, surely blast it. Well, instead of wrapping it in like they used to use the, um, they were like just the white sort of jiffy cloths. Maybe they just wrap them in like COVID wipes. <laughs> <laughs> but then how do you stop people and again in- like if if they miss and it hits the plexi or it hits a seat it's just part of the enhanced cleaning procedure <laughs> but then how do you stop uh the fans uh going crazy and fighting over them which we've seen time and time again you know you don't want people uh interacting well, and being that close to each other so that yeah. is a it is a it's, it's completely well worth fighting over so it is <laughs> <laughs> Oh. There you go. That was the only no, question. Wait, don't fire bougems. You, you've got that. If they fired a bougem, that's that's messy. That that goes wrong. That's messy. We've we've all seen that that one time. It was the meatball marinara, and I think they learned their lesson. There's a reason they're all <laughs> ham and cheese now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God. Um, that's us. That takes us to the end of our. That was the only question we had in, and so that takes us to um the, the end of our overtime segment. We have one last segment left. Um, and we don't. We don't. I haven't done my work. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just, I'll just edit that so it doesn't sound like we messed up there. Two, two years we've been getting educated, and we finally get back. And oh, so I did. I, I honestly, I didn't get a chance to. I, I had to do some t- uh, um, tech support for family members this evening, so uh, I didn't get a chance to to uh, revise on it. But I will tell you what. I will tell you the letter. Um, I will tell you that it's not. It's not an obvious answer, I don't think. 
So the next so letter we, is, is the letter. Hang on, hang on. You're getting homework. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out. The letter the next letter hang for on. us to do. Hang on, is... hang on, hang on, hang on. You're you're getting ahead of yourself. We have to introduce the segment first because we have our usual well, play. Not, okay. So I'm gonna play oh. our jingle and then get into the segment. It is our ABCs of hockey. So, Aaron, take it away. So, I, I say I put my hands up. I, I haven't done my homework for this one. I, I know what the letter M is going to be. Um, it's maybe not the most obvious answer. So, I say the next letter um, is the letter M. I want you guys, the, the three of you, and the, of course, our devoted fans here, um, to try to guess what the letter M is for the next se- uh, session. Go ahead and tweet us in. And then we will uh, we will actually go through the different options that were, were provided, and we'll go through what the, the letter M is that's been provided to us. Oh, smart! Okay. How does that sound? That sounds great. We'll leave it until next week and get sneaky, people to tell us what they think. Sneaky, ah, sneaky. smart, smart, sneaky. I play. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure. I like. I'm not sure. I like the concept of this being set homework at the end of every podcast, though. And I set and I well, set the jingle for no reason. It, it's never been difficult to figure out what the next letter is. We follow a set pattern. <laughs> can, can, can you guess what the next letter is after the letter I, S? I suppose. I suppose. I, I, yeah. I suppose I really could kind of front load this and just kind of guess the rest of the letters. Good point. It is the alphabet after all. See, that's where I was going wrong. Indeed. <laughs> well, with that, um, that takes us to the end of this week's episode. Um, as usual, you can follow us. You can get our previous podcasts on our website at door14hockey.com. Uh, you can interact with us and give us your thoughts and answer our questions that we've put to you today in this episode. Um, so give us your Give us your thoughts on what M's going to stand for. Give us your thoughts on the Olympics or whatever else we've talked about in this episode. And, and we'll, we'll be gladly hear those on any of our social media channels uh, at Door14Hockey. And we're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So drop us a line. Um, we also are on, well, you're listening to us somewhere, um, be that SoundCloud, be that on Spotify, be that on iTunes, whatever it is. Uh, but you can catch us on most uh, media players, uh, including smart That's speakers. Right, you added us on Spotify recently. I did. That's We're on sweet. smart speakers um, all across the Alexa, the, we'll, play door 14 hockey. No, they're already listening. <laughs> Everybody's oh, Alexa oh, yeah. just woke up. Um, with that. I have one last thing. One last thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just, uh, I know we did a piece earlier on, uh, but I just want to say a massive happy 13th birthday to uh, Ethan McLean for this weekend. Um, We'll see you back at the arena very, very soon, Ethan, Um, but have an absolutely amazing 13th birthday this weekend. Yeah, happy birthday, Ethan. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, With that, we will sign off. I'm Marty. Uh, I'm John. I'm Aaron. Have a great week.